Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome back. Mark Aflalo, Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. If you want to get in touch with us, it is at Your Tech Report on all our social media platforms. And of course, you can email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. I got that. Doc, you, you got that, didn't I you? I knew oh, that. So I good. totally knew uh, that. Mitchell, I've been yeah. waiting for this day. Yeah, me too. I feel like I should reiterate Steve Jobs' speech about the iPhone. Now, I've been waiting <laughs> for this day for a couple of weeks now because... Um, I live in Canada. Yeah, That's yeah. not a surprise. Mm-hmm. No, no surprise to anybody listening. No surprise Unless there, you're yeah. new. If you're new, welcome. I live in Canada. And Mitchell is in, is in Los Angeles. Uh, weather's okay now. Like, it's calmed down. The rain is not going too crazy. We're, uh, we're all good. So far, so good. So far, not so too much good. damage in that earthquake last week. We're, we're good. We're good. You know, okay. the, earthquake, the, earthquake, the earthquake scared the crap out of us. And it's yeah. not like I haven't been through it before. I've been through several, including the really bad one in Northridge in the early 90s. Um, that destroyed a lot of things or a lot of, you know, casualties, terrible. This was the closest to that that I have felt. I know on the Richter scale, I think it measured like 4.6, 4.7. doesn't sound that bad, but in terms of the the initial bang and then the, the banging of our house for like eight to 10 seconds, it sounded like multiple buses were driving into the yeah, side of scary. our house. It's scary. It's- and yeah, and it reminds you, if you can't count, the, the one basic thing, there's one basic thing as a human being you count on, and that's the ground under your feet. The ground under your feet. That there's yeah. going to be ground under when you're walking, you're safe because yeah. there's ground. So when that, that is, so when that leaves you, <laughs> you can hear my voice cracking like a schoolboy. Yeah. When, when, leaves you. You, when that leaves you, it's no good, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, you better hope you're in the air at yeah. the time, ideally. Yeah. You know, that'd be nice. Scared um, yeah, we're you good know, now. we're good though. We're good. Like like the topic of our discussion, which you're about to go into, um, it's one of those things that you kind of have to have experienced in your life to really, truly understand what that experience is like. And I have. I was in Los Angeles uh, on my honeymoon, and there was like a 6.5 or a 5.5. Honestly, it doesn't make a difference. When you first, and that was my first ever experience in an earthquake. So like never before other than like, oh, is that an earthquake? Which rarely happens in Quebec, but we, it does happen. Yeah. Um, It scares the bejesus out of you. So um, yeah. I'm glad that everybody's okay. Thank you, I'm Nietzsche. glad that, uh, and and hopefully and our out, future so, yeah. generation um, does not have to deal with the repercussions of our our past. Uh, exactly. Mitchell, speaking yes. of things that you have to experience to uh, to understand, you had the opportunity to get your was it 25 minutes? Is that the the length it was, of your? It was a little longer than half an hour, I believe, because she was. Uh, and by by the way, shout out to Danielle at the Thousand Oaks at the Oaks Mall at the Apple Store for being an excellent. Uh, excellent teacher and trainer. She was actually trained in Cupertino. One of the ones picked to go to Cupertino to train, and then she came back to our area and trained everyone in our local store. So we, I actually on got the, the Apple person Vision Pro. On the Let's Apple tell Vision people who Pro. we're talking about here. Well, I, I was going to teach. Just it. trained so, to sell stuff. No, no. So she was trained <laughs> specifically in the Apple Vision. So let me, let me. You know, you, you basically took my thunder away a little bit, but I'm going to do my spiel anyway. So do you want me to rewind a bit and make it pretend no, we never no, had this conversation? No, 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 no. This is great. This is perfect. So what I was going to say, well, but this whole thing that I had planned was basically to say, okay, look. You know me, and I think those who have listened know I've I've been a film and television actor for the better part of longer than four decades, more than four decades. Yeesh, that's a long time. 
You're pretty so good I, at it, so I, I guess you. that I explains that, that, that yeah. longevity. They keep yeah. hiring me, so go, what's wrong with them, right? It's, not, it's all them, not me. So I've been doing film and television, stage, all this stuff for over 40 years, right? We've been doing this eight radio show for, what, eight years now? I think it's more. More than more than more like eight to ten years. I haven't even done all the math. It's sad. So it's over ten I think we're over ten years, Mitchell. So forty forty plus years as an actor. It was ten years telling stories, talking on the radio with you. You would think that communicating, telling stories, being able to verbalize experiences, being able to tell stories. That's what an actor does. we tell we tell stories in different ways. So I should be really good at it, is my point, after doing this for so long. That's the takeaway here. And I'm here to tell you, you are correct. There is no way, even with all of my history, with all of my background as a performer, I cannot articulate, I cannot give you an idea of my experience through my words. There is no way to tell you what the, the Apple Vision Pro is like without you going to. And that, and that, 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 I'm not going to stop there, obviously. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to tell you. I was going to say, can like. you try at least because of we course. got an hour? <laughs> exactly. No. So there is no way to tell people exactly what it's like without. This is an experience you have to have to appreciate. I just want to give that as a caveat before we start. It's like when they say, oh, it's like nothing you've experienced. Even if you experience VR, and I, I'm a Quest 3 owner, Mark is a Quest 3 owner, I had the Meta Quest 2, so we're not, you know, we are, this is not new to us, we are not new to the world of VR augmented reality, or as they call it now, mixed reality, which is a mix of your environment and virtual reality. Um, this is not new to me, and yet when I put that Apple headset on, when I put the Vision Pro on for the first time, I was blown away. So here's some takeaways. What makes it different than your classic VR headset? than your classic augmented reality headset. There are a few things. First of all, obviously the, the visuals in terms of fidelity, how clear having a greater than 4K display for each eye in this headset gives you video fidelity like you've never experienced before. We're talking better than 4K visuals for everything you're doing, including consuming your favorite you know, media, you know, through Apple TV, through the experiences through the different apps. So the visuals okay. are, are stunning. Uh, the 3D effect is mind blowing. Again, I'm not I'm not new to 3D effects, uh, and, I, and I love it. And I thought the MetaQuest, I think the MetaQuest is wonderful, especially when you consider the price. We're going to get to that in a little while. You know, and sort of the, the things, the barriers to entry when it comes to the Vision Pro. The fact that it's very expensive is new to no one, but we'll talk about that later. But for the money, especially, I thought the Quest 3 was fantastic. Visuals are really good. The 3D effects, the virtual effects, uh, the immersion into the world, into into a virtual world, incredible. Apple takes it to the next level, and again, part of that is from the fidelity of having those 4K screens for each eye. Part of it is the design of the headset and how it tricks your brain into seeing this virtual world as reality around you. Um, and they do that in many different ways. The camera tracking, that you know, people wonder, oh, why is it so expensive? Well, it has so many cameras. Not just, you know, a lot of them are tracking your eyeballs. And the concept, Mark, here, here, was, the, here was my big takeaway. The concept of using your eye as an in, your eyes as an input device. Yeah. You're not using your hands to point. You're not using, you know, you are using, you're, all you're doing is looking at the screen with your eyes. And when you first set up the headset, it is, you know, it is basically tuned to your eyes. You, you do this whole setup process. Before you go, before you go into the store, you can use your app to, to track your face, it tracks the space of your eyes, tracks the shape of your face, it tells you which headset, what shape, whatever, what's the right size for you. Then when you first put on the headset, it does this whole tracking thing, tracks your hands, tracks your eyes, and the way that your eyeballs are used as a pointing device, 
And then you simply take your hand and pinch your your index finger and thumb together to select. And you don't, you don't have to have your hand up in the air like you just don't care. Your hands can be on your lap and you do that pinching gesture because there are cameras firing down, looking at you, tracking your whole body. So all you're doing is looking and, and pinching your fingers together. And boom, an app is open. No delay. There's no lag. There's no visual lag. There's no compute lag in terms of opening up an app. It's incredible. The one-to-one experience. And I think people don't really appreciate what one-to-one means. If you're a gamer, if you use an Apple pencil and the pencil, you know, the, the, the mark of the pencil is a little bit slower than you're actually moving the pencil across your iPad. Or you're a gamer and you press that button, but there's a slight lag between pressing that button and getting the response in the video game that you're playing. That's, that's what we call, you know, searching for that one-to-one experience. You press, it presses. You draw the line, the iPad draws the line with the Apple pencil, that one-to-one. And I think it's even more important in virtual reality because any sort of lag takes you out of that immersion and makes you realize, oh, this isn't real. This is virtual reality. And that, and that lag is a part of that, having that lag. So having that one-to-one input-to-reaction experience is huge in VR. And it was seamless, Mark. I mean, seamless. And as much as I went in thinking, oh, I heard this is pretty good, nothing prepared me for being sitting there experiencing pictures in a different way. There are immersive videos, there are immersive pictures where you feel like you're watching a video and to say it's 3D, I think it connotes something different because 3D, I think when it comes to 3D movies and Mark, I think you'll agree with this, 3D imaging at all, it's kind of kitschy. It's sort of like a gimmick. You know, you go to watch a 3D movie, I get a headache. I'd rather watch the movie in 2D. I don't need the 3D. It's kind of gimmicky. In this world, in the virtual world, 3D is everything. And having it come off, not as a 3D film, but an environment that you step into and suddenly you're a part of. They have this demo where you're watching this birthday party. And, the, the you know, the cake is right in front of you and the people are blowing out the candles. You jump back. My brother had the experience. He went to New York. You know, he lives in New York. So he went and had the experience at his local Apple store. When they're blowing out the candles in front of you, you naturally back up as the smoke, as I back away from the mic to show you, as the smoke comes out of the candles, you back up because you feel that you're right there and you don't want to get the smoke in your eyes. Your body and your mind react as if you're there. And that's a that's a great tell for uh, a natural experience that your body reacts as if you were in this re- in this yeah. reality. And so, you know, people are like, well, what's it for? What's it, you know, who cares about that? Well, and I, I was thinking about this a lot, the, the imaging, taking videos, which you can do with an iPhone 15, any iPhone 15 can do it. I think the iPhone 14 can do it as well. I, th- I think she said 15, but I think the 14 might be able to do it as well, taking these immersive videos. You know, experiencing your family in a different way, having memories that are tangible and three-dimensional so that when you're older, when your kids are older, they can go back and see these videos and experience memories in a way that aren't possible in any other A little bit more medium. lifelike, right? It's more, yes. less less still kind of moment, more You are there in that moment. Yeah. You are in that moment. And it just, it, and the emotion that's that sweeps over you, it's a very emotional thing. Do you get goosebumps? You can't help it. Your body just reacts to this. So the immersive videos, consuming media, sitting in a virtual theater, again, something you could do on any VR headset, but Apple did it right with that odd, with that amazing fidelity. So you can watch 4K movies in 4K. I think it goes up to 8K even. So there was an 8K experience that I, that I was able to do as well, where I was just, oh my gosh, this is better than my 4K TV. Um, so being able to experience things differently, uh, being able to do use your computer in a different way with this headset. Now, 
would I want to sit with this headset for many hours as if I was in front of a computer? No, probably not. And this is one of the, there are a couple of downsides to this. So we always talk about Mark barrier to entry. What would stop people from getting a Vision Pro? Yeah. Well, yeah, the price is ridiculously high. It's $34.99. This is a luxury purchase. But unlike getting a computer that costs $34.99, or a gadget that we use every day, it's harder to justify something like this because it isn't a necessity yet because it's still a different way of, experience to think, of experiencing things that we can experience in other ways. Yeah, it's so, still discretionary versus it's a, discretionary, you know, right. a cell like, phone, which has become something just, that's almost a necessity. Yeah, Exactly. How do you justify this purchase at this price point when it's not when this item is not a necessity? Yes, it can be your computer, but would you really use it as your everyday computer? Probably not because the weight is prohibitively <laughs> heavy. So it becomes not just the price, but the price to what you get back. Now, if you have... A lot of money and it doesn't matter and you're not going to be affected by making a discretionary purchase for 3500 and that's the base that's the minimum amount of storage that's no accessories that's no case for it more likely it's going to cost closer to 4000 before tax oh a lot of people God. are 3800 before tax so you look at that purchase and go well I, I how do i justify it because it's not really something i need it's something I would enjoy. So that becomes one of the barriers, the price, because it's not a necessity. And then the other is the elephant in the, literally in the room, which is it's sitting on your face. It's, it's a heavy item. It's a heavy item. How, how heavy is it? Because I know that a lot of people, when I watch some of the reviews, their first impressions were, oh, this isn't bad. But then after about 10 minutes on their face, Correct. they're like, this is this is cumbersome. This and, is something that I, I'm not going to be able to sit here with and a lot for of two it, hours. And a lot of it, Mark, is honestly physics. It's physics. If you know physics, if you know leverage, if you know weight distribution, the the demo, and I don't know if this is to Apple's detriment or not, the the heads the headband they use is what is the it's the one that goes just around the back of your head. It's very flexible. It looks it's very it's knit. It's beautiful, of course. It's Apple. I forget what they call it, but it's not the one that goes over the top of your head as well. Which would have probably been better because that would distribute the weight more evenly. The strap yeah. that they, they, Apple ships two straps in the box. The pretty one that goes around the back of your head, which if you know anything about physics or weight distribution, there are only two points of contact on your head, the back of your head and the front of your head. It's got a squeeze on both sides to hold it, right? So the distribution is going to be pain on the front of your face from it being pulled from the strap on the back of your face. And then it wants to also go down because nothing is holding it from going down on your face except the pressure on the back of your head and the pressure in the front. So by putting a band on the top, which the alternate band that ships in the box has, that which more most headsets do have, most VR headsets have, that strap that sits on the top of your noggin, that now takes the distribution because gravity wants to pull down. That strap on the top of your head stops it from pulling down and distributes the weight more evenly. Now suddenly, not as much pressure in the front, not as much in the back. If Apple demoed that, I think people might have a little bit different experience in terms of comfort. So you have two things here that are that are that are a problem in terms of barrier to entry. You have the prohibitive price, considering it's not a necessity, not a necessary item, discretionary item, right? And the weight on your face. Apple could have solved this with one, two, two quick things, Mark. This Apple could have reduced the price and reduced the weight very quickly. Now they call this a pro product, so of course it has all the premium bells and whistles. It's not there's not a bit of plastic on this headset. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm, I would argue that pro means prototype. <laughs> yeah, well, for this, yeah, that's a good one. That's really smart. Yeah, for this one, pro means prototype. But in general, the pro moniker means you yeah, know the higher end version, higher which end. which begs the question: Is there an Apple Vision that's going to follow this? It's more of a consumer friendly, both in terms of price. We'll we'll get to that. So if Apple had made the the headset maybe a, a polycarbonate material, some sort of plastic instead of metal, it might've been lighter. 
if they had taken the, the now the front of the headset has a screen as well that displays your eyes in that very creepy fashion. You know what I mean? Let's people know yeah. if you're looking at them or if you're immersed in your own world. Totally unnecessary. Does nothing for the person inside the headset experiencing VR. Does nothing. You take away that screen and you take away that that classy metal chassis. Yeah, I purposely did that. And suddenly you're at a price reduction, probably at least seven fifty. I don't know, maybe more. And you're at a weight reduction. So those are the two and things. And probably that, also increased battery life because you don't need to power a screen on the outside exactly. and the heat distribution and all that stuff that goes with it. Yeah. That's now, a good now point. Because, by the way, because of the way that I demoed this product, I didn't even think about the battery pack because the battery, I was sitting down and the battery pack was on the table next to me. So I didn't yeah. really have the, oh man, I have to carry a battery pack experience because Apple is smart the way you're doing it. You're sitting the whole time. So you don't even think about that battery pack that has to be carried in your pocket or if you're stationary, put somewhere in front of you, behind you, so you don't knock into it. And by the way, the battery life probably only lasts between two and three hours of normal use, maybe a little longer depending on what you're doing on it. So there, there, are, th- there are negatives here, but I will tell you, if you have the money and you have no problem dropping three to, you know, $35,000 to $4,000, $3,500 on something that is amazing, not necessarily necessary, but amazing and a great way to consume media, a great way to experience apps in a different way. I loved it, but I also realized the limitations of this first gen product. And I also see the potential to reduce the cost and reduce the weight and reduce, you know, probably increase battery life like you're talking about. So there are, you, you can see the potential moving forward, but I got to tell you, the sitting there, there was a soccer game that I could watch this immersive, which was in 4K, 3D, and you were sitting on top of the goal watching the game. It was, and we talked about this. I think one of the best uses for VR is allowing people to have virtual tickets to their favorite sporting event, having a season ticket to your favorite team, being at every concert you wanted. There was also an Alicia Keys demo where Alicia Keys was basically singing a foot from my face to me. I had my own personal concert with her, which was crazy. It was amazing. So you see the potential for going to see your favorite artists and your favorite teams and sports and having the best seat in the house every time. And as we've said before, these companies, these teams, these leagues can sell millions of these seats, millions of one seat, the best seat in the house, they can sell to 10 yeah. million people that want to watch their favorite team. Imagine how and to they, monetize and that. do it for a dollar and they're still making profit. Unbelievable. So there's yeah. just the potential for consuming sporting events. If that's If that were the only thing it did, it will be worth it because of the potential for that and the monetization that they can have not only as, as a company for Apple, but also for any of these leagues, any of these teams. It's crazy. So to understand what anything that I'm talking about, you should go. If, I, if anything that I'm saying intrigues you and makes you say, wow, this sounds really cool. I want to try this. I want to experience media in different ways. I want to experience photography and this and, and sports and, and my workflow on my computer. I want to try this. Go to an Apple store. I thought it would be really hard to get an appointment. It's not. It's not. There are slots open. You can do same day. So just go give it a try. It costs nothing. And the experience, if nothing else, even if you, most people will have the experience and not buy it because of the price alone. But yeah. just to have the experience to say, I just tried something so cutting edge, the ground floor of a technology that could be life-changing. And they do have some apps, by the way medical apps, teaching you about the human body, anatomy, stuff that we have talked about, Mark, teaching doctors, teaching students, things that you, you cannot do unless you have a like a human body in front of you, a cadaver for, for medical students. The things that, the way that this can be implemented in terms of um, as a teaching tool, 
as a virtual tool for taking virtual, you know, you want to send your kid to college, take a virtual campus tour. I mean, the potential for this technology is amazing. And the way Apple has done it is incredible. The price just needs to come down and the weight needs to come down. So, and I think it's definitely possible to do this. Uh, but as a first gen product, it blew my mind. I'm really wondering if if this first gen product is going to make its way out of the U.S. and into other markets or oh, yeah. if we're going to see a second the second gen of this, because if you look at the patterns of previous devices, whether it be the original iPad or even uh, the original iPhone, we didn't see the iPhone first gen in Canada or outside the U.S. We saw the 3G, which was the second one. Oh, wow. Or okay. sorry, but not even the 3G. I think it might have been the 3GS, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think same thing with the iPad, too. I think the second generation iPad is the one that we saw leave the U.S. So I'm really I'm really curious to see. They're selling, saying they sold about 200,000 of these at launch. Um, they're not going to, of course, report the returns that are due back uh, now <laughs> because the, the two-week return window is pretty much now for anybody who bought it at launch. But I'm curi- curious to see the evolution of this and what we get outside outside of the US. Let me tell you this. I don't think it's going to be um, I don't think it's going to be that way. I don't think they're going to wait to ship a second gen product everywhere else. I think they will be shipping this one. And let me tell you why. Because unlike a lot of the products you spoke about, uh, especially the iPhone, phones especially, this is not going to be a product that's released every year. I think this is going to break Apple's cycle in terms of, I think they already broke their cycle when it comes to iPads. You think so? Okay. Uh, yeah. And we've seen them, you know, wait, you know, uh, two years to put out an iPad, different types with the mini and now the pros. Yeah. You're so right. it isn't like the, every, the, that model has been cemented for every, uh, you know, that, uh, that way of doing business has been cemented for every product they make. I think this will be, especially because of the price point, uh, they have to start selling these right away everywhere else. I think to get some money back as well. And because this product, I doubt will be coming out every year. This is something they can't afford to wait on because if they wait, other countries, other regions may not see this product for three years. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So interesting. Well, um, thank you for going and doing that hands-on experience. I know I had to kind of almost shove you to do it, but uh, yeah, it and now you're just sitting there with fear of missing out going, ah, oh, should I get this? Should I spend three thousand? Um, my son doesn't need to go to high to, to college anymore. Yeah. Who needs we that senior year? Skip a overrated. Year. <laughs> senior year is so overrated. So, so overrated. Uh, Mitchell, let's take a quick break. Thank you for doing that. When we come back, Bruce Walker is going to be here from TCL. I want to hear about all the announcements from CES, of course, this year. But I really just want to dive into you know TV technology and see where we're going because there's so many cool things coming out, and you know TVs have become almost disposable at this point. They're cheaper than cell phones. So uh, let's take a quick break and come back, and Bruce Walker will be with us from a TCL. This is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Connect with us on all our socials at Your Tech Report. We'll be back in just a moment. Your Tech Report will be right back. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean, Dean Blundell, Blundell Network. Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.